Hi, my name is Dawn Smith-Theodore. I'm a marriage and family therapist who specializes in the treatment of eating disorders. I'm a former professional dancer, also a former dance studio owner in Los Angeles. I am recovered from anorexia, and I'm also the author of a book called Too Too Thin, A Guide to Dancing Without an Eating Disorder. The Too Too Thin podcast will explore the complex relationship between dancers, athletes, their body image, and the prevention of eating disorders. As always, you can reach me through my website at dawntheodore.com. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, welcome to the Too Too Thin podcast. This is Dawn Smith-Theodore, and we're so happy to have you here today. I'm so thrilled to have a guest that I have known since she was a little girl. Her name is Lindsay Kovacevic-Riley, and um, so I'm going to have her tell you a little bit about herself, and um, and then we'll start. So thank you for listening again to the Too Too Thin podcast. Hi, Don. I'm honored to be here. I'm so excited when, when you asked me to, to come on this podcast um, for a multitude of reasons, but just to tell a little bit about myself briefly. Um, my name is Lindsay Riley, and I started dancing at the age of four. Um, I had the best dance teacher out there. Um, Don, I grew up with Don literally since I was four years old. Um, my mom took me into this little studio in, in Calabasas, California, and I um, danced there till I was 18, till I went to college. So had had the best experience. It really gave me the trajectory um, to do what I did next, which was um, look for colleges where I wanted to dance. Um, I ended up going to Colorado State University um, as a double major, and dance was one of those majors. Uh, and it really kind of blew up from there for me in the dance world. I ended up um, dancing for a semi-professional hockey team called the Colorado Eagles. And from there blossomed into auditioning for the Denver Nuggets NBA dance team and uh, did that for a couple of seasons and then went into broadcast journalism was my was my career choice. And then eventually came back full circle, really around back to the eating disorder world. And now I work in um, an eating disorder uh, treatment center. Wow. Uh, thank you, Lindsay. So uh, tell me a little bit about what you think you can give to the Too Too Thin podcast, because what I'm looking here for is how to be healthy in mind, body and spirit as a dancer or an athlete. And I think you've been both. So tell me a little bit about how you've been healthy in mind, body and spirit. Absolutely. I think, you know, for me, I, I had a really good foundation growing up, which I think just started me off on the right path. Um, we had a really um, healthy view of mind, body, and spirit within my home. And we, we were that family who ate around the table together, had that conversation around the, around the table. And I think that's where it started for me. Uh, so my, my love for dance also obviously started at a young age for me. And I think I had great role models growing up, you being one of them, um, teachers in the dance studio, just being really great role models about what it is to be a dancer and an athlete and do that in a healthy way. And I think that that really helped me personally. As I got older, I saw a lot of people in my life in the dancing world specifically, or in the athletic world that struggled, struggled with the body image, struggled with with real life issues, um, eating disorders. And so 
I think that I'm a good fit for this podcast. And since I've had a lot of experience in that realm, and I've also helped a lot of people through their own struggles and to be able to be a a good example for those um, to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit. That's great. What, What do you think was hard for you as an NBA dancer? I think there was a lot that was hard. It was one of the best times in my life. It was one of the best experiences of my life and also intertwined with, with some really hard things. For instance, um, when I auditioned for my first year as a dancer, I made it. And then I was told though, in order to make it, I had to lose at least five pounds in order to get on the court. Um, that hearing that, um, and never really, thinking about my body in that way before. I don't think I, I obviously was aware of my body as a dancer. You're very aware of, uh, of, you know, your body and, 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 and how it moves, but I never thought of my body in a way that was, um, not okay, or, or maybe too large. And all of a sudden you're, you're put in thrust into this world where you are wearing outfits that are revealing. You are um, in front of 20,000 people at every game. And so now the thought was kind of in my head of, oh goodness, I now have to lose this weight in order to do what I love. Um, That was difficult to hear. It was something I didn't expect to hear. Um, And I also knew too, you know, my body was maybe a little diff looked a little bit different than, than my teammates. And so it started to definitely make me think about my body more in that way and making sure that I was quote unquote, then healthy, right. Which, what does that really mean? But, but healthy, um, to be able to actually get on the court and do something that I loved. So when those two things are intertwined, it makes it very difficult because you're doing something that you love and is, is a part of your passion and then now you have this hard reality that somebody doesn't like the way your body looks. Um, do you feel like it affected you, you know, as far as like, did you try to take any drastic measures to lose the weight or, you know, how did you deal with that as a dancer? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, I also was getting some mixed messages sometimes from my coach, for instance, um, when we would get um, uniforms being passed out or we, you know, we would get warmups, things like that. I was always given a size large, right. Even though I didn't necessarily think I was a size large. So just even those, even those, um, uh, you know, un, not that she would verbally say I was maybe larger than other teammates. She would make the statement by giving me an, an outfit that maybe didn't quite fit. Um, so I, I, I admittedly struggled with that. I think again, though, I had such a good relationship with my own body personally and food that I definitely think I would, we were required again to work out before actual practice. So I definitely would find myself in the gym, maybe earlier than others to try to run or do the elliptical, do things that I could know would help my shape. But I will say that I adequately fed myself as well. So but that's not to say it wasn't a struggle. It absolutely was a struggle to you. I started comparing myself to my teammates and realizing I was maybe a little bit bigger um, looking than, than some others. And so I think I internally struggled with that. And I also tried as much as I could to focus on what I could control in the sense of this was something I loved. And this was an opportunity that I worked my whole life for. And so that was my motivation more than changing my body. Thank goodness. And then again, I saw people that didn't handle the the reaction 
action and didn't handle the statements well and were throwing up in the bathroom before we'd go on the court. So, um, you know, others didn't handle it so well. And so then trying to intervene and help them through a hard situation was, was difficult at times. What would you say to dancers today who want to work for the NFL or the NBA? What advice would you give to them? First, I say, go for it. I think if it's something that is a passion of yours, something that you've worked so hard to do, I don't want to discourage anybody because again, this was the one of the best experiences of my life. Still to this day, I have three children and a husband now. And I will say that my dancing part of my life is still, I have some of the best memories even growing up. So go for it, do it, um, work hard at it. And also remember that, you know, you need to worry about you. You need to try to feed and fuel your body appropriately to be able to do what you love. Because when you don't fuel your body and when you don't do that appropriately, you won't be able to continue on that trajectory for long. And so I I think being able to empower others to do the same is hugely important. I think it's all about supporting one another. You're on a team and that's a way to um, have that camaraderie and, and have that when you come in with a positive image of self and a positive attitude, I think you can also maybe be an inspiration to others who maybe don't have, have that. So go for it and also be true to yourself, I think is, is huge. One of the things that you talked about was you started comparing yourself to others. And I think that's, uh, a dangerous path for people because we can only compete with ourselves. And, uh, so, you know, how did that impact you? Did you see that, that, that wasn't healthy for you to do? Absolutely. Here, here's the conundrum when you're an athlete and when you're an elite athlete in a, in a sport that is, um, with teammates, I think it's natural, a natural human characteristic, unfortunately, maybe to compare yourself because you are, you know, even if as a runner, you know, you want to run faster than your teammate as a dancer, I wanted to dance better than my teammate, even though we were on it and we were dancing together, you still do some of those comparisons. Um, I do realize it's not healthy. And I do realize, uh, I do realize that I think at the time, um, maybe I, I wasn't as aware and also you're right. You can only control you. And also now with, of course, experience and especially experience in the eating disorder field, I realize that, um, you, you know, comparison is a, like you said, a very dangerous path and, our bodies all are different and that's just, we, we all are born different. And that's something that is also beautiful, right? That's something that we, and not to say, here's, here's what I, what I say to you is I think that there is a misnomer here. I don't think you necessarily have to always love your body. I think that's sometimes untangible, but you all, but you have to appreciate your body and appreciate what your body has done for you. And that's kind of at the place, the place where I'm at of, I've had three children now. My body looks different, but you know what? I appreciate my body so much for giving me the talent to be able to dance at a level that I've never really, that I dreamed of and I got to accomplish. And now I appreciate my body for giving me three beautiful children. And I think if we can get to that place, you're in a good spot. Um, Do I always love my body every day? No, but I appreciate it and I respect it. And I think that's the main thing that we have to, the main goal we have to achieve. 
I totally agree because we only get one and it right. is what houses our soul and we have to treat it with respect. Um, and so I think that's really important. Tell us some of the fun things that about dance for you, you know, like as an NBA dancer, tell me what was fun. Well, I think, I think beyond even just the NBA part, I think I want to go back even further just growing up dancing. Um, it was always something that was a driver for me. I, I, I was lucky to have a mom who kind of let me, let me take the wheel here. I didn't have pressure to do this many classes or not. Um, I got to kind of do what I wanted to do in this realm. And I really blossomed and flourished. I think as just a human being in general, um, with the discipline and the teamwork, it's, taught me so much about my life and how I actually am a mom and all of the things. And with that came so much fun. I mean, I remember dancing at Disneyland. We would go on cruise ships and dance. We went to Carnegie Hall and got to dance at Carnegie Hall in New York. Not many people can say that. Um, We went to Australia for the Olympics. I, it gave me so much um, and it opened my mind to so many things. And I'm forever grateful for that. Um, so, you know, coming into college and then, um, dancing for the NBA, I mean, I, I have to say my favorite part of that was the beginning of the games. The lights were down. They would start announcing the players. You could hear the rumble of the crowd, 20,000 people every game. It was honestly magical. Um, something I still remember. And then running out on that court for the first time, um, it, it's something I will never forget. I got a close and intimate view. I was still got to sit on the court every game. So being able to see the game right there, um, and then getting up and dancing and doing what I love. I, I made some of the best friendships that are still lifelong friends. A lot of them were in my wedding. So I think it did so much for me, um, in my, in my life and still, still fulfills my life in a lot of ways. And, I mean, the fun, it just was, it's, it's a once in a lifetime experience that I can never, never forget. Do you think that coaches today are shifting the way they think, you know, like, do you think today they would come in and say, "Ah, you need to lose a few pounds, you know, do you feel like it's different? Maybe you don't know. I would like to think it is. Um, And again, I, you know, I want to preface this with, I think that coaches obviously mean well, and they only can do what they know. And so I think that, um, you know, by my coach saying that to me, I don't think she was trying to damage um, anything. She just didn't know better. Right. And I think, I think that's, I think that's the main thing is I, I want to, I would like to say yes. And also I still think there's so much education that needs to happen in, in, especially in the athletic world, um, because you are manipulating your body for your sport. And so how do you do that in a healthy way? I think there has to be more education and training around that. So maybe we're getting there, but I think it's only the tip of the iceberg. I think there's so much more work that needs to be done. Um, and especially for women in, in, the, in this type of field, because like I said, you are expected to almost be perfect, right? It's that perfection piece of you need to look good. You need to dance well. You need to be smart. You need to know your, you need to know the sport because you're asked questions, there's so much more pressure on you than really the players, the players get out there and they play and they, they leave. Um, and so I think there has to be more empowerment in this field. And I think there has to be more support around, um, around this field. 
is there anything that you would, you know, it's, I think this is why I started the podcast because it is about, I want to educate teachers, coaches, dancers, athletes about how to care for your body and that how important it is to care for your body. And so I may just be the tip of the iceberg, but if I change one person's life, that's what's important. And, um, you know, so I think, do you have any other suggestions of how, you know, do you think things are, how we can change things for people? Like you said, I think it takes just that one person at a time and you being a tip of the iceberg is huge, right? I, I think it takes all of us to be able to share our experiences and also in hindsight, share, share some things that we wish maybe would have happened that we didn't even realize at the time. And I think the more vocal we can be about it, the more supportive we can be of each other. I think that's a huge thing. I think instead of comparing and judging, it's really about coming together and supporting. And I think that in itself makes a huge, huge difference. Um, so Lindsay, tell us something that's uh, fun about you that we might not know. I probably know it, but maybe uh, the other people don't. I was thinking about this one. This was a hard question for me. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I have three kids, three beautiful children um, that are the light of my life. Um, and, you know, I think, I think um, I lived in Thailand for a while, which I think is really fun. I got to, to, got to experience a different country for quite some time. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my, I think I'm unique in the sense I've, you know, I did broadcast journalism for a while. Now I'm in the eating disorder world. I think that's really kind of, it's interesting how those two actually mold together in some way for me a little bit. Um, well, I think it's interesting because it, it, you know, you did broadcast journalism and I think we find a way to mold things to fit. And so mine was dancing and eating disorders, you know? And so, uh, and so I, you know, and this is kind of how I found it to fit between my book and working with dancers and really caring about educating dancers. Um, not, not even just about eating disorders, but just about how to be a healthy dancer. And I'm so proud of you because you are such a great representative of how you can be a healthy dancer. And, you know, uh, I think your mom did a great job of, of, you know, you had a very healthy upbringing with food. Um, and, you know, you also, I, I think in my studio, people were very aware of what I did, you know, mm -hmm. that it was important for me that I worked with eating disorders. And it was important for me to be sure that everybody that came through the studio understood how important it was about, about uh, the education about eating disorders. And I didn't want to promote eating disorders in any way within my studio. So absolutely. And I think we need more studios like that. I think that that your, your knowledge of the eating disorder piece helped breed such a, such a positive environment. And the, like I said, I didn't even really think about it growing up. It was never, it was never an issue. It was never something that was even talked about in the studio amongst other dancers. And so, but that all is a testament to you in the sense of 
being able to make, you know, breed that positive environment and, and the all inclusive body environment that it was never even a thought in my mind. And I, fortunately, I, I, you know, that's probably not everywhere. We need more studios out there like that. I agree. I completely agree. Uh, Cause there are studios out there that still waste students and, you know, and that just is really problematic. So, and it leads to, it's not just studios, it's also colleges. Um, what was your experience like in college with dance? Um, it was actually fairly positive. Um, I, I don't really, you know, um, remember too much body talk going on in, in college. Um, again, though, you know, like I, I say that and then maybe indirectly there was a little bit of, you know, in the ballet classes, I obviously knew I did not have the typical ballet body. I've always known that about myself. Um, and so I thrived better in the jazz classes because it was more, you know, not even just my style, it was more about like my body fit in that type of dance better than the ballerinas. And so even though that was never talked about, I did notice a stark difference between classes in college and, and who was in the classes versus who wasn't. Um, but, it, but it was a positive experience. I think it was, um, you know, everyone kind of was just, I mean, it was, it was a kind of cool to come to school, to college and you danced all day long. It was actually pretty, it was a pretty, pretty great. I just have to say that one of the things about having been a dance teacher is to watch people like Lindsay grow up and and who she's become today. So um, I just want to say I'm really proud of you. You know, it's like I'm so thrilled you're in the eating disorder world and that you do such a great job to try to educate people. Also, can you talk a little bit about what you do in the eating disorder world? Absolutely. And I think this is where, like you were saying, how my dance background and even my broadcast background has kind of molded into my eating disorder life now, um, as, as far as working in the, in the eating disorder world. So I help um, with admissions. So clients actually coming into to a treatment center program. And I also help with the outreach piece. So again, outreach, I get to meet people, I get to educate people all the time about eating disorders, the red flags, um, what to look for. Um, and I get to make those connections and it's really all about connecting, right? It's about making those, those connections to, um, help educate, but then also too, for them to maybe indicate, gosh, I may have somebody in my practice or I may be seeing a patient that has some struggles so that we can get them help. So I think for me, what's been, been so great is that I know that I'm actually making a difference. I'm helping human beings who are struggling, um, get the help they need to start their road to recovery. And that has been so rewarding for me, you know, with news broadcast, it was about telling people's story over the news. I'm still doing that. I'm still advocating and telling people's story and helping them recover from, from an eating disorder. And so it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds and I love it. And I do feel like with my experience as a, as a dancer, an athlete and watching others struggle, it makes me happy to know that I have that knowledge and I can empathize and relate to people um, and, and, you know, in their recovery journey. Anything that you want to tell us about, like, do you use any mantras throughout your life, like a daily mantra that you use for yourself or maybe your kids? I thought about this. Um, and 
I wouldn't say that I have a daily mantra, but what I'm very, very acutely aware of, especially having children um, and young children who I always, you know, they watch me, they watch everything I do. They watch my actions. They watch how I, how I um, talk to others. They watch how I treat my body. Um, it's something that's really interesting. For instance, even getting ready, they watch how I put on my makeup. They, you know, they're very attuned. They're very attuned to everything. So what I will say is something that I am committed to is making sure that my family sits down to dinner every night, that we talk over the table. There's no screen time. That's a huge for me. I want, I want, that's the time in our day that we all can talk about what's happened in the day and give them a chance to talk about their experiences. And I also have very, very aware of how I'm treating myself and my body around my children Um, with that education of, again, they're watching me. So if I'm talking bad about my body, they're going to start talking bad about theirs. And it starts so young these days. And so I'm careful with that. We don't, we don't use negative body talk in my house. Um, And we're, we're really, my husband is also educated in that way too now. And, and I think just having that positive outlook um, and also treating my kids as individuals they all have their own individual uniqueness that's special. And so I really try hard not to make comparisons for my children um, and around them um, because they all have different potential and that's all, that's all great. So that's not a mantra, but it's something I'm definitely very aware of um, with my family dynamic. I love that because, you know, as a therapist, I hear every day about people who, well, my mom used to tell me that she looked fat or her thighs were big or this or that. And it's just so important that we, we do impact children and we do, you know, and they're like little sponges. They want to pull everything, especially out of mommy, you know? And, um, so that's, that's great. Um, Lindsay, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experiences with us. I think it will be very helpful to the listeners. Um, And I just feel blessed to have you in my life. So thank you so much for being here today and for being a part of the Too Too Thin podcast. And for those of you uh, who are listening, uh, you can always reach me through my website at dawntheodore.com or tututhin.com. And um, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.